Hello, my name's Kimberly, and I'm perhaps what you would call a modern day Feng Shui consultant. I can help you turn your home into the most supportive, calm, and peaceful space you can imagine. I'm here to guide and show you how to work with your home to unlock its power and magic. And in that, I'm committed to sharing the secret of this magical practice in a way that everyone can use. Welcome to 2024. On February the 5th, we will see the Feng Shui New Year called the Year of the Rising Phoenix. With that is going to come some amazing energy, but also quite a bit of tricky energy as well. We may have already started to feel maybe arguments, maybe tension. One of the feelings is that women in the home will be feeling this big calling to do something different to make a change in their lives or the lives of their family and what feng shui will do is really help you through this period it will calm the energies down in your home it will open up opportunities that you could only dream of just like it did for me if you are interested in a feng shui flow analysis or a map my home or even to work one-to-one -one with me then please visit my website, thefengshuiflow.com. Click on the work with me tab and you'll see the three options that there are available to work with me. So much love, Kimberly. Hello and welcome back to the Feng Shui Flow podcast. What a week. Oh my goodness. I just wanted to share with you everything that was magical about last Friday and being on the morning show over here in Australia because if you've been following me from the beginning this wasn't I guess it was sort of part of the plan but who could have guessed that this would have happened and in the UK I was on this morning just about this time last year and I knew when I came over that I I wanted to be on the morning show as you've listened to last week's podcast as well, sort of how much I tried and how much I wanted to be on it. So I just wanted to share with you the whole story, what happened, my trip to Sydney and being on the show and then some of the things that I spoke about on the show as well to actually do with <laughs> actually do with Feng Shui rather than travel with Kimberly. <laughs> so I left here on the Thursday morning and you can fly from the Gold Coast to Sydney, which is amazing. So the airport is only like 20 minutes away, really easy flight. But what I completely forgot about, I mean, how could I forget this, was that Taylor Swift was in town in Sydney. So in terms of, oh, I knew she was in town because of the price of the flights and the hotel, but I just didn't think about how many people were going. And the airport was just buzzing. It was amazing. It was you know, half past eight in the morning, there were cowgirl boots, there was glitter, there was friendship bracelets, you know, it was just amazing. It was such a lovely thing to be part of. So I got my coffees, doing a little bit of work, um, and I got on the plane and I I was literally the only person not going to the Taylor Swift concert and I had massive FOMO but in my head I was like hang on a minute Kimberly just take a check of yourself you're flying to Sydney to be on the morning show I was like yes in my world this is everything in your world going to see Taylor is everything amazing like it was just the loveliest flight ever and then when we came into land 
the staff on, it was Virgin Australia, the staff were so lovely. And they said, um, welcome to Sydney Swifties. We hope you have, you know, the best time ever. Well, the cheer from the people on the aeroplane nearly took the plane off again. Now, normally when people clap when you land, it's the cringiness just... <laughs> goes through me but this I could accept and it was amazing and so I got to Sydney it was about 10 o'clock I think 10 30 you can get the train right from Sydney airport all the way into Sydney itself now just to give you a bit of a a backstory I have spent quite a lot of time in Sydney growing up. So my uncle came out to Sydney from the UK as a £10 pom. I say he was my uncle, he's actually my dad's cousin, but you know those people that are aunties and uncles that are very narrowly blood related. <laughs> that was basically him. So he came over in the 60s and so we used to come out and see him. My dad was a, a great traveller. He used to hate spending the winter in the UK. He was a huge cricket fan. So he's a, he still is a huge cricket fan. And he took us over to Australia and he was over here a couple of weeks ago. And I think he said that I first came over when I was three months old. I mean, my poor mum on that plane at three months old, I cannot imagine. And you know, I don't think you can watch an iPad at three months, who knows? But, you know, there was no... I think people were still smoking on the back of the plane. Just one giant sort of screen at the front and you had to watch that movie whether you liked it or not. And then I came over when I was three, when I was six. And basically sort of every two or three years we used to come over, which I'm so lucky that I've been able to do that. And so for me being in Sydney was, I could drive through Sydney like I could drive through London. Like the, I mean, it's I guess it's a bit easier than London because it's sort of gridded rather than London being you know, as beautifully higgledy-piggledy as it is, but we spent so much time here. And then in my 20s, I came travelling with my good friend Charlotte and Simone and we lived in Sydney. So we lived above Paddy's Markets and we lived here for, it must have been about maybe six months, but we were in Australia for a year and I worked at the, I'm going to try and say this, if you saw my stories, you'll realise I can't say my R's very well. <laughs> And I used to work at the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And that is how slowly I actually have to say that because the Bureau, bureau I can't, there we go, can't say it very well. So obviously working for um, the, I'm going to call it the ABS, is that right? Australian Bureau of Statistics? Yeah, the, AB, the ABS. We used to work there and that was in the Q, the Queen Victoria building, the QV, oh, this is not my strong point, is it? You can see me working in Sydney was an issue in the QVB building. We worked in there in Sydney. So if you know Sydney, you know where that is. And we worked downstairs. And so it has a real place in my heart. And back then, I always wanted to stay. I wanted to stay in Sydney. And I tried my hardest, like I applied for a job and sort of sponsorship because we were on a working holiday visa and it just didn't, it didn't quite work out and I came home and it was fine. It just wasn't my time to be in Australia, but I sort of always knew that, you know, it's always got a place in my heart, Sydney has. And when we were looking to move over, we did look at moving to Sydney, but it is sort of very similar to London and the things that we didn't want anymore, you know, the speed of life, if you like, you know, the busyness, the the crowds of people, like we wanted that sort of slower family time, which the Gold Coast can offer. So that's why we sort of thought, okay, Sydney's not the right place. 
So for me to go back there, it was quite a full circle moment because the hotel that I was in was next door to the hotel that I stayed in when I was 15 years old with my family. I went out on New Year's with my cousin, again, very loose, loose, loose cousin, but you know, she's my cousin. Um, And then when I was in the hotel bedroom and I was doing a Zoom call with the practitioner course, I could see the building that I lived in in my 20s, literally from the window looking out. And I just thought, wow, like maybe this is how I'm meant to be back in Sydney is to come here for work. And that felt amazing to be there for a couple of days and then come back to the Gold Coast, come back to the sort of slightly slower pace, the space, the beach, you know, that sort of thing. So it was it was amazing to be back in Sydney and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So on the Thursday, I was a tourist. I checked my stuff into the hotel and I walked through Darling Harbour, which is just stunning. Like it's it's really evolved since I've been there past Tay-Tay's Hotel, which was amazing. Walked all the way through town, all the way down to Circular Quay to see the bridge, the, uh, the Harbour Bridge and a huge cruise ship. So if you ever cruise into Sydney, that's where it lands. I mean, it's just magical. Round to the Opera House and you just cannot help but smile seeing the Opera House. It's beautiful. It was very busy. It was very hot, but it was just amazing. And then I got the ferry back from Circular Quay all the way around to uh, Darling Harbour back again. And that takes you underneath the bridge past the Opera House. So if you're ever in Sydney, the ferry is the best way to see all of these things because you can just sort of sit there and take it in. And it was amazing. Then I walked back to the hotel. I did some more emails. I had a Zoom call with the practitioner course, as I mentioned earlier. And then a nice early night. Now, interestingly, though, I did move rooms because when I checked into the first room, it looked over a busy road and the sun was like blaring down on the room. So it's a beautiful glass sort of side of building. But because the blinds didn't open, there was no natural light in the room and it felt so depressing. Like it was a it was a beautiful room but it just had no life. And I walked and I thought, oh my God, like I instantly felt emotional. Like I just didn't want to be in that room. And I'm not that sort of person like complaining to me is like, I'd rather eat the worst meal ever than actually have to make a fuss. Like it's just not in my genes to to say something. But I thought, no, like I know that this is going to impact me. I know that it's going to impact how I feel, how I sleep, if I'm going to be on television tomorrow. Like I need to be the best sort of version of me, full of energy, full of life, you know, beaming about good energy. And being in this room is the exact opposite of that. So I moved rooms. I was very polite, but I did say to them, I was like, it just feels very depressing. And I'm a feng shui consultant and it just goes against everything that I stand for. And they must have, I could literally feel the eye rolls down the phone. <laughs> I'm sure she was like, oh, we've got one of those people on the phone. Anyway, they've moved me to a beautiful room. If you're into sort of angel numbers and things like that. The room number was 2222, which sort of blew me away a little bit as well. I don't quite know what that means, but I know that sort of seeing doubles and that was a quadruple number is quite a good sign of luck. So that was amazing. And I walked in, the blinds were open. I could see the buzz of the city. I could see down into Darling Harbour. I could see the water, like everything was just in the right place. And it felt so good. The actual design of the room was no different to what was in the other room 
but it was the light and this energy coming in. So that was, yeah, that was amazing. So I had a good early night, a bit of room service. My room service of choice is always a club sandwich and chips, which was very nice. <laughs> Probably not the most healthy, but you know, I love a club sandwich. And then in the morning, I woke up nice and early. I actually went for a little walk around Darling Harbour trying to get a coffee, which wasn't that successful because if I think the Gold Coast, everything starts at 5am, but Sydney is like a normal city where the coffee shops open at 8. <laughs> so I couldn't find a coffee shop where I was staying. Anyway, it was fine. Went back, got changed. And then I left the hotel about nine o'clock. I just got on Uber over to the Seven Studios. So they now record over in South Everly. They used to do it right in the middle of Sydney but now they've moved it out it's a bit like Media City in Manchester you know sort of a bit further out of the city so it's easy to get to and I went into the lobby and the amazing producer came down to see me and took me up to the studios I can't remember what floor it's on we got up there and there was a Taylor Swift like it was not tribute band, sort of more than that but they they were on The Voice I think and they were with Rita Ora I got you know, they were amazing. And we just, I just had to sort of sit there and watch the producers in the room. I got changed. I asked the lady just to do a bit of a touch up on my makeup and hair because it was a bit hot outside. So I could feel that. And then one of the lovely ladies that works on the show also used to work on This Morning. And when I was on This Morning, I was sat in the green room in This Morning with Josie Gibson and Ella and now Ella is over in Sydney working on the morning show so it was so weird like it was just I don't know it was just meant to be I guess and I was like I'm so glad you're here because she's a social media person and I said please can you do some recording for me so she was amazing and we walked through into the studio and the studio is next to where they do the news as well a bit like on this on this morning and you put, you get your mic put on. And then that's when I get a bit paranoid that I, I'm going to say something that everybody, everybody in the production room is listening to. So I was very, very polite, not really saying anything. And I had my shoes on with my queen heels so that my knees weren't knocking this time because that was a mistake that I made the first time. I felt really comfortable in what I was wearing. Easy to sit down. That's another thing that's important. And then they, sort of brought me into the studio and I sat on the sofa and it was so lovely. So I was with the two presenters, Larry and Kylie, and they're like the big presenters. They're the main presenters. They're very, very well known in Australia and they were so lovely and they were just so welcoming. So Kylie was like, oh, you look lovely. Your trousers are really, you know, really just making me feel comfortable. And then Larry went on to tell me a really funny story about his mum who once listened to or read something about a feng shui consultant that she needed to have her feet facing a certain way in her bedroom. So for a couple of weeks, she was actually sleeping like across her bed. So Larry, his mum called him over and said, you've got to change my bed around because I've heard this about feng shui. And then literally as he finished saying that, they were like, and we're live. And I was sort of half laughing at his story still and then thinking, oh my goodness, I've got to concentrate on what I'm doing. So that was amazing. And I did ask for some um, 
like prompt cards before I went on because we had like three topics on the lounge, like walking in and the bedroom. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to forget this. You know, I just need some prompt cards. And so we don't do that, but we're going to have some visuals. You'll see. So there's, you know, four cameras maybe in the studio with a like a computer screen underneath and on those visuals that's where I should have been able to see what I was going to be talking about but unfortunately those visuals didn't work so I was shooting from the hip shall shall we say and I think that was good sometimes I'm much better as you know by now on the podcast not to plan things because then I I think rather than thinking oh my gosh I forgot to say this I forgot to say that like in the moment this was just the right thing to say it was the best thing that I could do so it was amazing and I had some fun and so what we spoke about was just some really lovely introductory things that you can do for feng shui and those checks so if you've been following for a while you'll know the things that I spoke about so the first thing was about the entrance to your home that's where the good energy comes in and what you really want to do is keep it clear of the coats and the shoes and the bags and maybe put your shoes into laundry bins because you want that good energy to enter in your home so we spoke about that and then we went into like the lounge area and we spoke about that and that's where we spoke about the artificial plants well of course in the studio there's no natural light whatsoever and it's just covered in artificial plants so that was great because I could talk about that and the reason why we don't want artificial plants in the home is because feng shui is about life it's about energy and fake plants are the exact opposite of that they're made of plastic it's not sustainable sometimes you can smell them which you think sort of what on earth is that bringing into the environment that you're around so we don't want artificial plants you're better off having a picture of a plant rather than an artificial plant that's sort of got better energy about it and I know you know by now I'm not green fingered somebody on the podcast said what about rubber plants and I was like no you absolutely can't have a rubber plant well it turns out that a rubber plant is a real plant and also it turns out that I think the one in our lounge is a rubber plant and I've got no idea so that's how green fingered I am so we spoke about that we also spoke about mirror placement and how you don't want the mirrors opposite a window if you can because that good energy is coming through the window and so having a mirror opposite the window you're just going to bounce that good energy back again and we absolutely don't want that and then the other thing we spoke about was about pictures and having I've not really spoken about this before I don't think but having pictures of family members or friends that you don't like in photos around your home like this is your permission to not have those pictures. If you've got pictures in your home of people that you don't like, they will have a negative energy. When you look at those pictures, you think, oh, like you won't look at what's good. We instantly go to the bad and you think, oh gosh, I wish auntie so-and-so wasn't there. Or I wish my mother-in-law or whoever it is wasn't on that photo. Just don't have the photo up or get it edited. There are so many ways you can edit photos now. So that was another thing we spoke about in the lounge. And then moving into the kitchen, we spoke about that the fact that this can be quite a stressful space because it's got fiery energy, there's lots of electricals in there, the stove, it's all very fiery. So sometimes it can be quite an argumentative space, especially if that's where lots of people gather as well. It tends to be the first place that people walk in and maybe dump their stuff and then dump their energy from the day in that room. So we want to make sure that 
we don't have things there that add to that stress. So the thing is trying not to have knife blocks or knife racks out. Those knives are sharp, they're edgy. We want to put them away. We do not need any more sharp and edgy energy in that kitchen. So put your knives away. The other thing we spoke about was keeping your sides clear in your kitchen because the kitchen is really closely linked to prosperity. And so the more stuff and clutter you've got on your kitchen surface, and I know this is really hard because actually if I think about my kitchen side now, I've come in, I've put my tennis racket, I've put the my phone, the car keys, like it's just that landing zone, isn't it? So it's just about trying to put it away and having everything, having a space. And then we also spoke about the stove and how this is that beautiful place of nourishment for the home and when I say nourishment that is you know your wealth and your prosperity coming through so again we want to keep the stove nice and clear but it's all with this intention and one thing that Kylie asked me was that she said do you have to believe in feng shui to work and I think that's a really good question because I do think you have to believe in it but I don't think you have to be a massive believer I just think you have to be a believer in energy and when somebody says to you or that person's got bad energy, you know, they're a bit negative, you understand what they mean. If somebody's got good vibrations, good positivity, you can feel it. And it's the same in your home. It's just about energy. So you're not necessarily believing in the practice of feng shui, you're believing in the practice of keeping your home positive. And that's basically what it is. And I thought that was a really good question because some people think that you have to fully go into feng shui for it to work. And I don't think you do. I just think you have to believe that good energy is floating around. The more stuff that's in the way, the harder it is for that energy to get around. And then finally, we moved into the bedroom and we spoke about having the bed against a solid wall. Now, this isn't always possible, but the theory behind it is, is that if your bed is against a solid wall, it's going to give you that feeling of solidarity. It's going to give you strength. And that's what we want, because if the bed is underneath a window, that can feel quite fragile and it may lead to almost that feeling of like anxiousness. Now, our bed is underneath. We've got a small window at the top. There's nowhere else that we can put it but just do what you can. So we spoke about that. We also spoke about what's underneath your bed as well. And that's storage under your bed. I am so sensitive with what is in our bedroom, what is underneath the bed. So keeping it nice and clear if you can, because you want that good energy to circulate all around your bed to give you that good night's sleep. And I may have mentioned this before, but somebody sent me a message on Instagram and said, I have just cleared underneath the bed. I did it a few days ago. And for the past three nights, I've had the best night's sleep. What is this witchcraft? (laughs) And it really made me laugh because it is, it's crazy. How can clearing stuff, you know, in layman's terms, clearing underneath your bed, how are you going to sleep better? But then if you think back to energy and how keeping it nice and clear around you is going to give you that clear headspace when you sleep, it does sort of make sense. So we spoke about that, but if you have to have things underneath your bed, then just try and keep them nice and soft. So jumpers, hoodies, towels, bedding, that sort of thing, rather than bills, shoes, bags, gym equipment, all those sorts of things can be quite harsh. I know somebody said that they once had a picture underneath their bed, somebody had a mirror, like a spare mirror underneath their bed. If you have to have things like that underneath your bed, try putting something on top of it, like a towel, a rug or a sheet, just to keep that energy in. So they're the topics that we covered and it was a lot of fun. It was just a five minute segment. 
And then when we finished, again, they were just so lovely. So yeah, just so welcoming and thanked me for coming on and just said it was a lovely topic to cover. And I think, you know, for me, that was amazing. I just, I wanted to lap it up and the Ella got some amazing videos and things on my phone. And then what was lovely was that they had some great feedback and the executive producer really liked it. The producer really liked it. And so I've been working on some topics to present to them for some ideas to go back again. So again, I'm just putting it out there. I've gone through the International Days calendar and picked out some of the days that I could integrate Feng Shui into. So for example, International Happiness Day, Family Week, um, summer Christmas that they have, not summer Christmas, winter Christmas that they have over here, July Christmas, there's International Travel Day, Halloween, Christmas, all of these things. So I've put those ideas to them. So watch this space because as you know by now, by putting these things out there, you just absolutely never know what is going to come. So I hope you enjoyed my travel with Kimberly. And I just wanted to share it with you because these things can happen if this is a sort of thing that you want to do, that you want to bring and intend to bring into your life. Like, please don't stop dreaming and believing because it does happen. It's that mindset, it's the intention and it's the action. And those three things really can just bring magic into your life. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And thank you again for all of you who have left your feedback and have subscribed on Spotify and Apple because it makes such a huge difference. So until next week, so much love, Kimberly. Kimberly.